When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. So first thing that I have for you today. Okay. I stumbled onto, I don't know how, uh, the Reddit female dating strategy. Mm, of course. Of course. Which is the, it appears to be the mirror image of the game, you know, it's like yeah. that for women. And similar to that, there's a spectrum of, oh, this is like good, useful, helpful advice that everyone should do, better yourself, all the way to you obviously just are bitter and hate the person, the the sex that you're trying to court, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. like you just hate. Um, but also need. But also Have need an opt-in and are, are obsessed with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always my favorite thing. <laughs> I hate this gender so much, I'm going to dedicate my life to getting more of them. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh, so... The and I'm sure this is not to say that the whole thing is terrible, but I did click. I was like, "What is this?" And I clicked the "Hey, read this" section yeah. of it and clicked like I don't know one of the top three or four. You don't have to apologize for going. I'm just telling you deep. where I got this. Um, <laughs> so the one thing is, there's I clicked the glossary and there's this idea of breadcrumbing. Breadcrumbing is when a man dangles the prospect of a relationship in front of you by like giving you just a little bit, just enough, such that you stick a, around. And mm. what you, what you need to realize is that. He's not relationship material. He's not going to do all Sorry, that. do you want to start with the ethos of female? Oh, yeah, that's fair. It's that, well, there's going to be some disagreement here. I'll try my best. Uh, it's that what you want is it's for straight women who want a quote-unquote high-value man. A high-value man is different for every woman, but generally includes someone who you are attracted to, who provides for you uh, financially, now, it doesn't have to be totally provided for you, but at least is well off enough that they cover their own stuff and probably contribute to the pool of uh, shared funds. Uh, gives you increased prospects in life, potentially can be a mentor or someone who connects you into careers, and that you should not get weighed down on the low-value men who can include anyone from like super attractive, well-off people that will not commit to you in a relationship nor advance you financially or in your career. That's, that's mm -hmm. a low-value man uh, in this sphere or uh what is more typically considered a low value man which is like a guy that you have to pay for that like doesn't get off the couch that doesn't do stuff that got it uh, this is, is female dating strategies yes okay so it, so in this world high value means from the perspective of the people in the subreddit which is like improves my life improves my life yeah and so you can be low value if you don't bring anything to the table that they view as valuable or mm -hmm. if you have all that stuff but won't give it to them yes and generally speaking they want a lot of them, I th you know, at some point, families, uh, a partner or Got something. It. So this is a subreddit for how to get that definition of a high-value yes. man. And there's an in-between time where maybe you're not going for that, but what, can, what else can you get for men? Which is like the really sinister, I think, part of it. Uh, so there's this idea of breadcrumbing that I think is totally reasonable that both men and women have to watch out for, which is when someone gives you just enough of what they know that you want in a relationship to dangle the prospect of 
you know, if you're good enough and if they like you enough, you can mm-hmm. get this guy who hasn't commit to commit to you, or you can get the girl who hasn't slept with you or showed you any romantic affection. You know, this is the flip side of it to, to hook up with you. And so they give you just enough. Mm-hmm. And like they say, be careful this don't do, you know, men who do this are terrible. Uh, and then they literally explain in the same, like in a different post, which is a top one, how to breadcrumb men. <laughs> like, really? They don't call it breadcrumbing, but it's like, you have to be fun, you know, but not too fun. So one of the things they say, if he, if you don't drink and he offers you a drink, you should accept his drink offer, but toss it out when he's distracted or accidentally knock it off the table so that you appear to be more fun, but are not going to run the risk of getting drunk enough to sleep with him, basically. <laughs> um, and there's another thing like, there's a, often a criticism they say that you're selling yourself when you do this for men, that you're like using your sexuality to get things, but you don't sell yourself for things you want ever because the majority of the time you end up never holding up your end of the bargain, <laughs> which is like, that's the, that's that is the, the literal, literal words sentence. in the nice. top posts on here, nice. which is, and, and so what they're describing is a woman who goes and gets free dinners and they're proud that they have men around them. And this is, and men in the game talk about this side of women who are trying to extract advantage in life from them money career prospects free food dinners experiences mm-hmm. uh and to be wary of that and this is this is that that they're talking nice. about about how they can get that you know i'm not trying to get my guy that i'm going to be with but in the meantime i've gotten all this stuff from these guys that think that they're going to hook up with me yeah. and i've been able to get advance in my career way faster and there's a pride that is being talked about and it's uh i don't have an issue with men writ large or women writ large but it's just fascinating to see the tribalism split in terms of gender and then talk about how to get what you want exclusive to the feelings of the person who is providing it Mm -hmm. for you and whether or not they're getting what they might like in a relationship and which is same in men if you're being honest about it at all like it's fine look if you want to go out there and say like look i'm not going to sleep with any of you but whoever wants to take me out to dinner tonight to this four-star restaurant, I'm totally willing to go. Yeah, I'd be but, fine with that. But then they won't—they <laughs> won't want to take me to dinner, though. They, there's two. There's plenty of people who would. <laughs> I actually, I think that there's plenty of people that that would sign up for that. Um, and then there was—I I wish I'd copy pasted it because I—I want to get the quote right. But it was in the comments section. It was. You know, this is just awful. So many men just despise and hate women. Those men are vile. Men are vile. <laughs> and it was like a sentence apart from one another. It was like, it's just because these men hate women that they can't do it. I wonder it. what it is about. I, yeah, I wonder why dating specifically brings out so much vitriol. Um, it's, hold on, my dog's going berserk. I don't think it's dating specifically because politics does it as well. So does sports. So does literally anything where you can What's have a team. What's going on here? My dogs are going berserk. For who though? Uh, I don't know. Hold on, let me go get him. We're back. Go for it. So anyway, that was my foray into uh, female dating strategy. And my thought was very similar to male dating strategy, which is that there's a, a broad spectrum of people in there, some of whom advocate lying, taking advantage as much as possible, and deny having this deep-seated vitriol for the opposite sex gender that is so patently obvious, like, yep. <laughs> sentences later. And there's some of stuff which is, always like, just genuine, hey, if you want to get better prospects, improve yourself. And, you know, think about what would make you attractive <laughs> and then try to become that thing so that you may actually attract the type of person that you're interested in, which is also, I'm sure, and I saw one or two posts, 
available in that in that uh, circle community thing. Uh, and the last thing related to it, which I thought was interesting, is that you know there was these posts that were about knocking your drink over or whatever, so that you can pretend to be f- yeah, yeah. more fun than you are. Which is it's and the criticism that I have of that, aside from being immoral, is the same as this kind of stuff that men talk about with all the effort that they put into pretending to be shit. Which is like when you win that guy that thinks that you're fun, <laughs> and you like what you have wound up with is a headache that you now have to like knock drinks over for and like dump them into plants to just maintain this facade of being a fun, a more yeah. whatever, a more whatever person than you actually are. Like well, the prize sucks for you if you have to fake it so hard to win it. Yeah. Cause, and to maintain it is going to be miserable at that point. I don't think it's like, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised to hear that there's dudes that lie to try to hook up and then they don't date the girl. And I don't think there's going to be people who are surprised to hear that there's women out there that use men for whatever they want. The question I have is how do you avoid it? How does, how, if you're on the other side, you're like, I'm trying to find somebody that's not going to do this, throw drinks in, in the plants and breadcrumb me. Or you're like, I'm trying to find a guy who's not going to just lie to me and promise me the world. And then when they sleep with me, they're going to bounce. Cause that, that to me is the question I think that's interesting. It's like, how do you avoid people from, you know, what's interesting is that I feel like in each of these communities, that's kind of what it is an attempt to do. It's like they got burned and then there's this overcorrection. Because I remember back in the day, like one of the advice is like, never buy a girl a drink. You know, never mm-hmm. do this. She's going to put you in this realm of someone who pays and you, you that she can use for money. And there's a, a grain of something I understand in there, which is you don't want the relationship to be based on you paying her for her time and attention. But what that gets turned into is you can never, you can never just be like, yo, I got this. Like it's. Well, I th- actually think that a lot, that mindset a lot of times comes uh, from an assumption that the drink cost is meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, you don't want to invest. You don't want to show like you're investing in this person with this big sacrifice of buying a drink, but it's certainly not unattractive if you just don't show that you if you're just like i don't care about this so this is nothing to me Mm -hmm. so yeah drink for you drink for you drink for me none of this matters to me that definitely doesn't make you less attractive you are thinking of perhaps how you've done it in that way but think of the person in las vegas who is like a rich founder who invites a group of girls and all of her friends to just he'll pay for everything that weekend yes it's not meaningful to him but he's not necessarily uh, increasing his odds of being viewed as an attractive man as yeah. a result because he's but I don't think treating he's, himself like an ATM. I don't think he's hurting himself by buying the drinks. I think he's hurting himself with everything else. I think there's a guy that rocks up and does that mm-hmm. and does it extremely attractively. And then I think there's someone that does the exact same behavior of buying bottles yeah. and does it extremely unattractively. And I think it gets it comes through an other behavior. Well, it's it's when your primary contribution to the relationship is you're you're signaling that it's financial. It's sure. not the fun that you're having. But yeah, there. yeah, exactly. So the, imagine Rob Gronkowski, but he's not. But no one knows who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just walks in and he's just a giant, and he's there with his brothers, and he buys bottles. And while you're drinking them and trying to get his attention, he's taking his shirt off and talking to his brothers and spinning it around. Which, by just, the way, this is he he picks him because we live in this Vegas. This is what he does. This is oh, what dude, he does. he's just there to have fun. He just ignores everybody, and then when he's <laughs> like, he takes oh, his shirt off. I kind of want to sleep with someone. There's a line of people, and yes, he is famous. But I think even if he wasn't. That that behavior of buying the bottles does, would not hurt him because mm-hmm. he's just so clearly there to have fun and getting someone to hook up with him is so not his primary priority and not why he's buying the bottles. And mm-hmm. I think that comes through in his behavior. So I, I actually think it's it's not the... 
I used to think that it was, you know, oh, and I still would never start a conversation by saying, hey, you're really pretty. Can I buy you a drink? But that's just because I think there's better ways to start a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't think that the, like buying a drink or buying bottles is the, is the problem. Is the problem. Every single Tinder date I've ever been on, I bought the drinks and yeah. I don't think has ever been a bad idea. Well, similarly, if you wanted to flip it, like, okay, so that's the piece of advice that men are often told to avoid, which actually comes from a more nuanced point, which is like have more to offer than simply financial access, mm-hmm. right? There's the very standard point that is given to women, which is don't put out too much too easily. Don't sleep with him before X amount of time, which I think follows the same is advice of the same caliber, which is like, yes, this is generally like, I understand what you're going for, which is you, if it's, you want to weed out the men from your perspective that only want you for sex and you want to increase the investment from the other potential suitors so that they take you more seriously as a long-term girlfriend rather than short-term hookup. I also think there's, there like, it depends on what your psychic cost is when you sleep with someone and they don't, hit you up again because i think yes. if that's high that's the difference i guess is if you if buying a drink and then not getting somebody to pay attention to you hurts you tremendously then you mm-hmm. shouldn't do it and if sleeping with somebody and then not hearing from them again hurts you tremendously you shouldn't do it because i do think i cannot think of anybody who did that and it hurt them like didn't sleep with the person and because of that they didn't get a second date mm-hmm. like they weren't going to get the second date regardless if they yes. slept with them or not yeah, yeah, yeah. but i do know I just can think of one male friend I had who met, so he did not do particularly well with women. He met a woman and they hooked up and I was like, oh, that's great. And he's like, yeah, but I can never see her again because she slept with me on the first date. So she's probably easy. Mm-hmm. I was like, what if she just likes you? Mm-hmm. Like, like you've just, your self-esteem has eliminated the fact that perhaps you just had a unique connection. Uh, and so he did not see that person again, which seemed crazy to me. Yeah, so I, I can understand. I, know he, I I feel like that was a, a low self esteem thing. That's on, what I'm saying. On his part, yes. Which is, but so I'm saying from the female perspective, like I can understand why someone would say I try to avoid sleeping with someone on the first date because I've just seen that go badly, and I've never seen somebody who waited till the second date be hurt by that. Oh, sure, and and I agree, and and what I'm saying is that is similar, if not identical, maybe not identical, but like. You know, the friend who buys the drinks, they get the drinks and excuse themselves to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. And they're going to go, oh, the problem was that the drinks didn't. It's like, not exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's not exactly that. But uh, yeah, you need a different approach. So we're just going to say that's off limits. Yeah, yeah. Which is actually not the case. Um, and that's the point that you're making. Similarly, I watched a video of, I think it was the Modern Wisdom. Sometimes I, I see his podcast come up and I enjoy it. Never heard of him. Um, well, he, they were discussing, let's see if I can pull it up. The, well, you've been, you've been making this video on how to get someone out of your league. So Mm -hmm. this was kind of in my head. And this talks about how increasingly women uh, are, and they, they cite some studies, but I, I, I'm less interested in that. And I, cause I do feel like I see it anecdotally are less content with the partners that they are finding themselves with and therefore staying single later and later into life. Hmm. And the suggestion is that there's messaging to women that says, uh, don't settle, you know, which is all like great stuff. Don't settle, don't, you know your worth, all these kinds of things. I actually disagree with that premise. Do you want me to hop in now or wait till the end? Well, I, don't think that's why, I don't think that's why people are being single for longer. I actually think that a, a woman could date a guy at 22 and then be like, oh, I'm not going to settle down and then date that person's exact clone just in a different body at 28 and yeah, settle yeah. down. And I think it's because 
life expectancies are longer, I think, because men are doing the same thing. And I don't know who started it. And I think because marriage and kids, the date has been pushed back. Mm-hmm. And so you're just going, well, if I'm going to have kids at 30, then there's not a huge pressure to get married at 22. So unless I think that I'm just really, this is the best person I could possibly find for myself, why wouldn't I just go back out into the world and have fun if I'm going to end up in an identical relationship with someone else later in life? Well, this the argument that they're making is, you know, men, whatever, biologically, culturally, are more likely to want to date the 22-year-old in many cases than that 28-year-old. Mm-hmm. So what they're saying is that, okay, that 22-year-old meets a guy that she likes a lot, but doesn't need to do anything because she's 22. She, she doesn't need to settle down. She's going to wait till she's 28. Maybe she's going to wait till she's 29. At 29, she is not as attractive to that same guy as she might have been at 22. So therefore, she no longer has the top pick over the span of her lifetime. And that's that's sort of what they're talking about is that, I'll, I'll put it this way. I wonder if that's true. Though. <laughs> I wonder, because like, let's say you're 22 and you're dating a 25-year-old. I wonder if the 29-year-old just doesn't end up dating a 36-year-old. A 36-year-old man. Yeah, who's like the same level of attractiveness and success and intelligence and humor. Maybe. Well, I guess I'll put it up. Let's frame it a different way. If you are a woman, the scope of men, and this isn't actually how it works, but if you can imagine like the least desirable guy, generally speaking, though it's not going to be 100% agreed upon over here, the most desirable man in the world is whatever, Henry Cavill or something. (laughs) He's over here. Uh, The range of men that you could potentially sleep with goes really high up this way. Like the the amount of those men that'd be willing to spend a night with you if they met you out at a bar is up to here. But the range of those men that would be willing to date you exclusively monogamously does not go as high up. It is a smaller section of that. Yeah, which is just a way of saying that, yeah, which is a way of saying men will sleep with someone that they aren't interested in dating. Yes, exactly. I, I agree with that. And so their argument and what they're saying is that women are increasingly because of the, um, tendency towards hookup culture and tinder they have experiences with men one night two nights whatever that are super high quote-unquote agreed upon high value men men that a lot of people want that are tougher to pin down because they have a ton of options Mm -hmm. and they are less satisfied who they were unable to if they wanted to date them at 22 they could not date them. probably would have been yeah not would have been too hard okay so this is a guy that will sleep with them but would never date them regardless of their age or station in life. Okay. Yes. Yes. And that those experiences create uh, dissatisfaction with the person that you wind up with later in life. And I don't know if this is true. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that it was interesting. um, I thought it was an interesting suggestion that having an experience of, and again, this all assumes that there is roughly a linear spectrum, having an experience of, of sleeping with someone or being with someone, uh, makes you less satisfied with the type of person that you actually can wind up with. I don't know. I don't know about that. That would seem that would seem to have a couple of assumptions in it, which is that they that they're that person is still thinking about that they could get a person like that who they were never able to get in the first place, mm-hmm. and that therefore they're they're like married to someone but longing for someone that they. Mm-hmm never dated like this isn't even an ex-boyfriend this is just a one-night stand guy and i I have no way of knowing if this is generally true i don't know enough people in this situation to even speak on it well anecdotally but i did think that that the so 
That's the, the philosophical model of like, look, this is what you're capable of experiencing in a short term. This is what you're capable of getting in a long term experience. And that is yeah. a smaller frame. Uh, that is not my understanding of what leads to a lot of divorces, mm-hmm. especially in the cheating department. I feel like what leads to a lot of divorces is sleeping with someone who happens to be in your orbit. The tennis coach, your, your child's friend's parent. You know what I mean? Your, your maid or employee or boss. <laughs> like I feel like a lot of the affairs aren't hunting down the one night stand that you had or p- even pining for that person and trying to get somebody of who's similar to them. I feel like most of the affairs are who is just in my life a lot uh, and I don't have a lot of options, but this person is one of them because I'm forced into proximity with them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's most of the affairs that I can think of. Sure. And that might be how it's acted. It's also that some of the dissatisfaction inherent in the relationship might be of a comparison to an idea. I do think it's fair to say But that. I'm saying then they don't... It's like it, seem, it would seem weird. I guess if you're dissatisfied with your husband, I can literally... This is like a literal example from my life. And then uh, someone's wife ends up hooking up with the tennis instructor mm-hmm. like that's not he's not henry cavill he's just the guy that you pay to teach tennis to your kids but he just happens to be around all the time while yeah, your husband's yeah, yeah. at work yeah so you know what i mean it feels more like a thing of convenience and proximity than it does an attempt to mirror a hookup that that woman had at age 22 well it perhaps it's not an attempt to mirror that but it is uh, an expression of the general dissatisfaction with this felt with like the husband I could do better. There's this general feeling of like, this isn't as good as it gets. And again, I don't know if any of this is true. I thought it was an interesting suggestion. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough because divorce rates are up, but also back in the day, you could just hit your wife and cheat on her and well, not get divorced. So, so I actually was, don't know if dissatisfaction, <laughs> like you're, basically the premise of this is dissatisfaction now that the dating age has been pushed back mm-hmm. is higher now than it was in 1920. But I don't know about that. I don't know if that's, if, if, if you just have, just horribly you can just have divorces and now. Yeah. And you can work. And so back in the day, you're, you have the same... You, it's not because you hooked up with someone at a younger age. You started dating your high school sweetheart and you married them. You were miserable the whole time. But if you say anything, he's going to beat you. Mm-hmm. If you sleep with him, he's going to divorce you and you're destitute. And so you're just miserable, but you stay married. Yeah. I actually don't... I'm not convinced that the divorce rate is increasing because dissatisfaction is increasing. Yeah. There was there was a stat that they rolled out that I was like, this doesn't prove what it seems to be implied to prove here, which is that one of the biggest predictors of extramarital affairs is premarital sex, basically, which is to say, like, if you have more sex early in your life before marriage, you are more likely to have an affair. Yeah, but yeah. that's also like, well, wait, that's wait. also correlated with being non-religious. That's what I'm saying. So like, <laughs> yeah. they're positing that the, the more yeah. sexual you are pre-marriage, the more yeah, sexual yeah. you are post-marriage. And they're not taking into account the fact that if you don't have sex before marriage, you're deeply religious, which means that you think if you cheat, yeah, you're yeah. going to go to hell. Yes. So it's, it's not the fact that the sex was had. It's exactly. the fact that you don't have this overarching fear. And I found I find that to be a much more plausible explanation, or at least to account for a lot of, of that particular... Yeah, and again, that doesn't mean that, a, that religious marriages are happier. It just means that they stay together mm-hmm. because they're afraid of going to hell. Well, this was this was <laughs> but an, they might be miserable together. So this was an interesting thing that I think is being talked about a lot when people discuss marriage. So one of the things that they are, I believe, correctly pointing out is that with advances in technology, with women having more control over their finances, being more active in the workplace, they do not need a partner in the same mm-hmm. way that they did. And so yeah, what I mean, you, if you have can't work, you need somebody <laughs> to yeah, yeah. provide for you while you 
do something else to make mm-hmm. them feel like this is a good deal. Yes. And for society, having a bunch of non-nuclear families and uh, a section of men at the end of society that will not be able to get partners because the women that are available are sort of sharing and taking turns with the men that have lots of options and they're happy to do that because they don't feel like they need a boyfriend or a husband and they pay for their own stuff and they'll date casually. Mm -hmm. Uh, That might not be the best for society. Sure. But I'm also not convinced that there's like what's to be done (laughs) about it. Yeah, Um, Yeah. It's, it seems it's interesting. Like there's this, it has, it has been the case, I think throughout all of human history that because of the material conditions of the earth, men and women were better off together. Mm -hmm. And like the nuclear family was a really good solution to the difficulties of harvesting and having kids. So was the extremely close-knit tribe. Yes. Which has also gone away. And so this is, I'm going like, are we entering a phase where the things that have always put men and women at odds, that men are technically, from a biological and evolutionary standpoint, better off spreading their seed and women are better off uh, consolidating on one person that has a ton of resources to take care of them. And that has always been something that has moved them in different directions, but has been reined in by environmental constraints. Now that those environmental constraints are being lifted, it's like, what is the new average or standard mm-hmm. way that people who are fairly affluent are going yeah. to carry on, conduct or not conduct relationships with one another? Well, I also think I'm subconsciously <laughs> guilty of what I'm about to say, but the idea that divorce is failure and staying married is success is also a very bad score card. And I do this and I'm mean, that's if, that's how you view things. If what you care about is the happiness of the people in the relationship yes. and not the no, stability no. If you're of society. For happiness and you find out someone got divorced, it's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that." It should be, "Oh, congrats. You've clearly been miserable for some period of time and now you're free of that relationship that was making you completely miserable." Mm-hmm. And that's not how I view it subconsciously that's not my instinct when I hear about it and I think the same thing happens with a lot of people so you know you hear this and you go oh man this is this is tragic divorce rates are up you go oh maybe the exact same amount of marriages are miserable as always were but now people can get out of can exit them and maybe lifelong relationships are hard and people have always just had a 45 percent success rate at it but they dealt with each other just because that was the only option I'm just gonna be miserable and make your life miserable and we'll fight and it'll be awful and then we'll die yeah. So and now you don't have to do that. So I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that question. Yes. It now that it's kind of like now that we men and women writ large need one another less because of technological advancements and the ability to get a lot of what relationship brought to you via apps on your phone and uh, you know. And that's not just dual, Tinder, by the, the way. Dual, that's also like you. Can sorry, order no. That's food. like you that's can like order massage, with massage. Order dog walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No matter uh, which gender you are, you can doctor make good on money. demand. I'm sick. I need someone to take care of me. You know, yeah. like like all of these things are are be you can outsource them. Uh, not saying that that's the right thing to do, but it is lifting the pressure to have one person that yeah. is there with you uh, till death do you part through happiness. And I also wonder, did they mention the if the desire to have kids has gone down? I don't know. I didn't hear it. I'm not certain. I'd be curious about that. Because I wonder, that that's obviously a big part of partnering up and having a life partner is having kids and wanting to raise them yeah. in a two-parent household, which a lot of people, that's a goal for them if they're going to have kids. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want kids, I could see that also releasing some pressure around. Well, that's, and that's a big thing is when you add the equation of kids and the stability of, a, of a, an upbringing for them, it's definitely not 
good for them to be in a home with a mom who hates dad and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But it's like you did. You want to try harder <laughs> to make things, yeah, yeah, yeah. to make things work when there are children present to give them the best upbringing and chance that they have. Uh, and when you remove that, and if you get more people that are not having kids, don't want to have kids, yeah, what do we have to stay together? Do we need each other? Can we not yeah, have well, these weird new arrangements? Is that a contributing factor yeah. where people don't want to have kids, and so then they go, well, I, I don't yeah. need to stress about this so much. I can kind of just mm-hmm. date as it's fun. And if you have fewer women that, I don't know that this is the case, that want to have kids, the biological clock, which is still like, yes, your your dating op- potential is going to be largest in your in your younger years when you're considered more attractive but like you no longer have this actually finite oh i think as soon as i think as soon as they figure out how to make it so that having kids is as easy at 22 and 32 and 42 you'll see the dating and marriage and having kids age get pushed back even further you're saying like it's just easier to freeze eggs it's easier to like yeah in vitro is not such a huge pain in the ass it's not expensive and painful just imagine a hypothetical world where Jeannie came and they said, you know what, from 22 to 52, everyone's going to have the same chance of having smart, healthy babies. Mm-hmm. Miscarriage rates will be the same. Your fertility will be identical. We're just going to just be, it'll just be a flat line. And then at 52, it'll go to zero. I think you'd see an even bigger push towards later marriages, later kids. I think the biological clock is the, one of the biggest reasons that it hasn't gone further because mm-hmm. life expectancies have gone further. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think financial independence has gone further away with student loans and stuff. I think the whole, the idea of what being an adult was and all the phases that you hit, they've all gotten pushed back further in terms of when you're financially independent and when you're, all that stuff. And so, yeah, I think as soon as they figure out how to make having kids a non-issue in your 40s, you're going to see the average age for marriage and kids get pushed back another decade. Yep. But anyways, yeah, that was what I did. What you got? What do I have today? Oh, this is cool. This is just something I saw that's, that I wanted to shout out because it's just an awesome ingenuity thing I saw. There's a company in Nairobi that's taking plastic trash, just litter. They have a huge litter problem. They melt it down, mix it with sand to make a concrete alternative. They make bricks out of it and they pave their roads because 90% of the roads in Nairobi are unpaved. Hmm. So it cleans up litter and it makes a concrete alternative that's cheaper than concrete. Very cool. I thought that was sick. And it reminded me of uh, Boyan Slot, who I know you like. So I yeah, wanted the, to shout it out because- I like it. I want less Instagrammers in the world and more people doing that. So I want to bring attention to it. Okay, next topic. Let's talk about Instagram. <laughs> no, uh, I Every li- TikToker out there, if we could get one more Nairobi inventor, we'd be much better off. Yeah, and who knows Who knows if it's economically viable or long-lasting. A lot of these stories can cannot pan out. But I, I generally, it, those, those closed-loop ecosystem things where they take trash and make it something valuable are, are very cool. Yeah. As opposed to the straight-line ecosystem, which is like, we have this thing, we use it all up, and we throw it else. <laughs> oh, you mean the exact opposite of this, which is my giant pet peeve, which is that companies can print out paper advertisements, mail them oh to you, God. and then they're not responsible for you having to throw them out or recycle. or mm-hmm. the, like, the fact that you can just outsource to society the cleaning this up part yeah. makes me so angry because I do not want this garbage, oh, no. and now the world has to deal with it. Huge externality right there. It's, yeah. So it's when you get those coupons that most people don't use, and it's like uh, often retirees with the time to cut out and who yeah. need to save those coupon monies and are not active on whatever internet where they could get digital coupons, that it's worth it to send it to my home, which does not have a retiree, 
for whom who I've never used a coupon. And like the only that. reason they can afford to do it is because they're not charged for the fact that there's now this paper in the world yeah, yeah, yeah. that someone has to dispose or of. Or my labor. They've just dumped <laughs> trash on my doorstep yeah. and I have to walk it. And it's like, okay, it's that's only going to cost you a few model. cents. But if you had to pay the few cents of everybody who you inconvenienced with the trash that you sent to their home, yeah. like this would, if you had to suffer the externalities of what you're doing, the, all the labor, all the waste, you would target much more precisely yeah, maybe you you'd still it. send coupons you couldn't afford it yeah but you'd like have to find out where people that use the coupons were and yeah. you'd have to be like if you want more op check yes and we'll send you more uh so yeah it's it's i, I hate that stuff yeah it's my you, least favorite you know the fact that i get stacks of mail none of which i need yeah that's the and i like every now and then it'll be it's like oh my god it was my birthday i got a card yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no also i called to, i called to opt out and they're like yeah just so you know our system it may take two months for I'm like this is fucking bullshit well, and again the fact that if you guys have run the numbers and it is not worth it for you to have an opt-out policy they, yeah. like you got to find them call them and then we'll throw you the, it's that it's so much cheaper for you to just cut down the amazon than, than to stop sending me trash yeah. in the mail and it is it's just literal trash to you and i like i guess one man's trash another man's treasure but when you get something without looking at it and dispose of it <laughs> that is literal trash that is being shipped to me that a postman has yeah it's awful so uh, yeah Another one, random one. This was I just saw this on Reddit today, and I was I know that this occurs in the world, but it is fascinating how blatant it is to me. Uh, the oh man, I forget the organization now, but someone did five months of research into the insider trading that occurs in the U.S. government. Forty-nine members of Congress, 182 senior congressional staffers, just straight up violated the Stock Act. They insider traded based on information they had that they weren't supposed to act on. So that means that if you know COVID, I watched coming, this happen by the way in my life. Just so you, I, no, I'll, I'll say no more, but I, I, I literally watched a person with connections I know receive information and act on it. This yeah, so this I can be younger. This uh, can be knowing COVID's coming and selling all your stock yeah. so that when it has the giant crash, you're not, you don't suffer any of the losses and you just buy back in at the bottom. This can mean that no, knowing that you're going to pass an agricultural law and buying or shorting a certain stock because you know the company's going to get slammed by the law, but no one in the public eye knows that this law is mm-hmm. getting passed yet. And they, so they asked Nancy Pelosi, hey, do you think that maybe there should be a ban on buying individual stocks so that this doesn't happen because it's illegal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she obviously says, no. Why? <laughs> because she's making money off of it. Yeah, but like just, you're, you're so old. Like by the time that it happens, you won't. She says no so fast, faster than you've ever seen. They literally don't get the question out. She goes, no, no, what? And then they, they finish the question, and then she gives a longer answer. Well, I could imagine an answer that is like, look, as, if we can sequester the information that you have, you should be able to buy individual stocks. I'll tell you the answer. Like, that's an effective if, – if you're telling me that, like, hey, this person only has access to certain things, and therefore they should be able to purchase Apple, which has nothing to do with their job. Her answer to me was the most cliche, I got my hand caught in the cookie jar, and I have to America my way it. out of this. Go for it. She said, our country runs on a free market. And the people who run the country should be able to participate in that free market. Whoa, like, you're just whoa, saying words whoa, <laughs> that you whoa. think are going to get you out of this that don't justify insider trading at all. That's because moronic. that would be that would be why anyone with insider information should be allowed to trade it in the stock market because they live in a country because based on the free market, America. And so, why can't I, as the CEO of my company, dump my stock right before my earnings report comes out? It's a free market. It was the it was the absolute laziest <laughs> cliche answer. Shout out to Nancy Pelosi for the gems. America. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? 
What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, and here's the thing, and I understand that she's on television, has to answer this stuff, but for a lot of the policies that she's trying to get to go through, uh, an absolutely, if she finds it reasonable, that's a fantastic rebuttal. Well, America runs on a free market, and therefore this dist- redistribution is, is interference in the free market, and we shouldn't do it. Oh, you, you know, the Dodd-Frank Act, or this, that, the regulation. Well, America's a free market, and it's been a free market. It's just of course, like, unregulated at all. It is Get very, rid of government subsidies for corn and things of that yeah, nature. Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't. We, it's America is a free market and yeah, I, it's, it's interesting. And I, I think some of it occurs. I was kind of thinking about this this week, though I haven't clarified it in my mind. So we've talked about this. So much of the things that people say to justify beliefs and positions that they have does not do the job. Yeah. It doesn't explain why you do this. And if you did believe this, a lot of your other positions become totally incoherent. Yeah. If, yeah. This, if this, if this is what is meaningful to you. And I think some of it, it has to be because you're on television, you have 30 seconds and you're not going to be able to give the whole argument. I understand that. Also because this, I mean, here's the, here's the real reason. It's just corruption and Congress people want to get rich. So why would they ever penalize themselves for doing the thing that they want to do? Yeah. Like they're in charge of policing themselves. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I was, we, we've said this before, but this has nothing to do with Congress, but the idea, is there a good reason that cap gains is taxed at a lower rate than regular income? Is there yes. any? I mean, I'm sure there is. First is there? Of all. Uh, I don't know the best argument for it. What would be my guess? Well, it's like to incentivize investment, which is, uh, that's a non-argument. Like people wouldn't invest money. They'd rather just have it stay flat than, than have some of their earnings taxed, than have all of their earnings taxed, but still make earnings. I could Google it. Honestly, I mean, I don't know what the steel I, man I'd, is. I'd be curious what the let's steel Google man it, is. Because right? I don't want to guess and well, get maybe, it wrong. Well, let's, we could just do it next week. We don't need to take the time. No, nah, we'll do it. Okay. Justin can just fast forward Magic. to the future. Why are cap gains taxed lower than income? All right, I'm just going to read this, and then we can we can do it. So, what is this from? Taxfoundation.org. Okay. Justification for a lower tax rate on capital gains relative to ordinary income is threefold. First, it is not indexed for inflation. It is a double tax. Oh, no, this is all three. It is not indexed for inflation. 
It's a double tax and it encourages present consumption over future consumption. So one, the tax is not adjusted for inflation. So if your assets appreciate at a nominal rate, then inflation occurs. So your actual return is lower, whereas wages should rise with inflation. Should, but by the way, aren't guaranteed to. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, man. I'm just a mouthpiece this right is, now. I okay, know, but so these are one. such poor arguments. Two, capital gains tax is a part of a long line of federal taxation for the same dollars of income. First, you get your wages, which are taxed. Then uh, corporate income is taxed if you choose to invest in corporate equities. So the thing you're investing in, has, yeah, yeah, so I you understand. get taxed Then you invest in an equity. The equity pays taxes before they can distribute any capital mm-hmm. gains to you. And then you're paid dividends and cap gains that are taxed a third time. Yeah, yeah. So that's the third reason that it's lower is because they're, it's the third time that money's being taxed. And then capital gains, like nearly all of the federal tax code, is a tax on future consumption. Future, future personal consumption in the form of savings is taxed while present consumption is not. By favoring present over future consumption, savings are discouraged. So the capital gains tax is lower to try to encourage savings. I don't even... So wait a second. So, but how... Okay, so let's say the capital gains tax were 40%. Are they saying that fewer people would invest? It's kind of that same argument where it's like, oh, if we make, if we make the taxes, the income taxes too high, people will stop wanting to work which doesn't describe any of the wealthy people I know. You yeah, know, if yeah. you're like, oh, you're taxed yeah, yeah. at 45%. If we raise this to 49%, they're probably just going to stop working once they've made a million dollars because it's not worth working anymore because they're paying yeah, yeah. 49% of every dollar. It's not at all what motivates not- most of the rich people I know that are you, run you by. You can make an argument that that's inappropriate, not fair, whatever. But like the idea that people would stop working, I've... I've- They'll keep working because I think a lot of what super they wealthy will people do, are motivated by, the way, by... What they'll do is move yes. is what they'll do. <laughs> they'll go somewhere with lower taxes yeah. and continue to work is, is likely what would happen. Or they'll, they'll swallow it. Yeah, I mean, but the they're not going to quit because they're... <laughs> yeah, people like Bezos and Musk, they're not... Tr- it's not like they have an amount of money in their head that they're aiming for. And once they get there, they're just going to go to an island and quietly drink coconuts. So they're clearly driven by something, whether it's to help change the world or the desire for social status or to win the game and accrue as much power as possible. But I've never been... Listen, I don't want to raise taxes on myself, but uh, I've never been persuaded that raising taxes would cause people to work less hard. It's certainly not true of me that if you raise my taxes 5%, I would mm-hmm. do 5% less work. Or any percent This is not, it's not at all what you would see in my behavior. I might move states if California yes. raised taxes yes. 25%, let's say, and Texas had 0%, but I wouldn't stop working. So I've always found that argument to be unpersuasive personally. I don't know literally anybody who after a tax code changed, worked less because of it. Got it. So we don't need to harp on this too much, but I find all of those uh, very weak. I think I'd, uh, the inflation one especially is just, okay, then let's index for inflation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fine. Let's, let's, let's take the inflation rate. We can index for that, and that then we, you can be taxed at whatever, 40% or something like that if you're a top, if you're a top earner. I'm curious to see if I can find a better argument. I don't think it makes any sense. The idea that the idea that labor would be taxed potentially up to whatever, like 45, 50% and sometimes above depending on the state and the fruit of that labor being capital being taxed at 20%, it, it just doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason to it. And it seems totally regressive in terms of its disproportionate benefit to people who have capital yeah, also, to go earn money for I also them. find this fascinating because, the, and again, the rates that you're talking about are 
interesting. But so they're, they're talking about, and this isn't a, to say the policy is good. It's just that the counter argument's bad. Boosting the capital gains tax rate from 24% to 28%. And the counter argument is that it would discourage business investment. If you're in the top tax bracket, you're, <laughs> you're making, going to let's say you're making a million dollars a year. What are you going to do? The tax rate for capital gains goes up from 24% to 28%. So you're just going to take an extra hundred grand and spend it instead of investing it? No, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. You're going to keep it in cash instead of investing in equities because zero percent ta- yeah. return on no, cash. But, but you will see behaviors change. Like if there was an announcement that, hey, cap gains is going to go up, you'd see a massive sell-off. Sure. You know, you, you, you would see behaviors. Well, what you would see is, and this is the a different problem, what you'd see is just people trying to keep investing but skirt the taxes. Exactly, exactly. So yes, that's, that's right, what would happen is people would continue to try to make money off their capital as much of it as best they could, but I don't think they would stop investing they would move change jurisdictions all that kind of stuff oh <gasps> groovy how could we push you away from <laughs> mcgruber's coming out the the new movie tv show my dog is named mcgruber because he's got the same haircut you guys might notice if you ever see him in here uh anything else that you had well hold on i'm fascinated by this i'm sorry we're gonna have to <laughs> i really want to know what the answer is i don't think there's a good answer except that rich people made the system and they decided that and then they said oh it's not fair because we the inflation and it's not fair because of multiple ta-, and they just came up with things that they didn't rigorously say, does that actually make sense? Labor income is taxed when it's earned. So investments are made from after-tax earnings. So capital gains are just another bite out of the investor's money. I mean, that is true. That is true. But the idea that $1 once had should never be taxed again is like, wait a second. We tax dollars every time they change hands. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it's true. Changing. That's what sales tax That's is. Like, like, wait, you're telling me that once a dollar is moved, it's just mine forever and there can never be another tax on it? I don't understand. It's it's not how we treat taxes. When dollars move, when value is created, we we the government sticks their hand in and takes some out. Except here, no, that's that's your dollar forever, <laughs> no matter what you do or yeah. what it makes. They got the same the inflation bite, same same argument that inflation hits capital gains. Uh, okay, then then I mean, <laughs> it's, it's you could just make the same arguments to make concessions for labor, or you could. Factor them in such that you still had whatever the tax rate be the same, but have some sort of index for inflation. But labor doesn't have that same offer. I don't know. It does seem, it actually does seem like those are the arguments. So if you like them or if you don't like them, those are the arguments for why cap gains are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty obvious. People, the people that made the rules wanted to make money off their money. I get it. <laughs> it it's very, it's very. What, dude? Are you saying that our. Government is set up mm-hmm. to help the people that set up the government? Yeah, I am. Bold strategy. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why would there be lobbyists? Yeah. Well, we've mentioned this, but somebody was bringing up that the, the government is run by white men, and it was set up by white men to help white men. And I've said it before, but I'll repeat it. The idea that whites or men are a coalition that are just looking out for one another is so goofy. Like, I totally agree with that the rules were set up by a group of people who, in addition to perhaps some humanitarian aims— set up rules to benefit them and their kin I've, is misapplied to white men. Like like the, the founders were like, yo, that dude in Appalachia, that poor farmer, we got to have his back. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's going to love now, his cap It's law. like, yo, there's a guy somewhere. Let's go help him. Like, be, not women though. It, it's just so, and are there some unfair rules? Were there some especially? Yes. But, but this idea that the system was set up for white men to benefit is like, a way too broad a view of the people who have made the rules. 
it was set up to benefit people with in that club with that last name in that kinship circle but not some fucking i mean i mean this to their from their perspective it's not some yokel on the other side of the nation in oklahoma busting his ass you know oh he's white we gotta we gotta cover it for him it's just silly when i hear people say things like that anyways what we got reddit's gonna ipo is it yep so our Charisma coach shot me a message. He said, hey, I know you go on Reddit. They're going to IPO. I, was, I thought that was interesting. I said, okay, why, does, why do you think that that matters? Like, I don't care when a company's public or private. He's like, well, get ready for more ads, more censorship, controversial, quote unquote, communities being quarantined more often. It's already done. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. He's just saying this is going to get, this is going to become a much worse product in the name of pursuing profit, mm. which I think is a fair argument. I watched, um, sorry, to, sorry to pivot so quickly, I, but you reminded me, uh, we, I spoke once to a guy who watched the podcast who has a channel and we've talked about, I think it's Magnates Media. He did a video on Uber that we've talked about having the same thing. But oh he, yeah, just being a way worse product as it grows. Dude, but he broke down the, the shitty things that they did. They were, and to the degree that his video is accurate, vicious in the things that they did with Lyft and the poaching drivers and the ordering, uh, ordering lifts and then canceling them and staging protests outside city council with Uber employees that pretended to just be concerned citizens. <laughs> like, yeah, incredible. And, and also with the product that was obviously heavily subsidized, they, Uber has lost money hand over fist. And now that it's time to make money, that they're public, the product is horrible, terrible, so much worse. Oh, the other thing, that drivers that had both Uber and Lyft installed on their phones, they had all of these background shit going on. Mm-hmm. They would give them more money with Uber. They would give them higher bonuses, better rides, better everything to get them to cancel their lift. Yeah. So like hardcore monopolistic anti-competitive sales practices in order to eliminate the competition and then have a shitty, awful product <laughs> once there was no competition. Well, it's not a terrible product. It's just the same thing as like a Dude, cab company now. It's it is yes, it's, it's a just cab a worse company product. That's lost billions of dollars. And it's just a it's a worse product than they started with. Yes, in an attempt to corner the market, which is funny because cabbies were not everyone, but had these mafia ties. You know, like they were they, and they said, okay, if we're going to beat these guys, we got to kind (laughs) of, we're going to have to like, not listen to the rules and and play a tougher game. So yeah, you got this crappy new Uber product as well. But yeah, I don't really know too much about the Reddit IPO. I imagine that they'll find ways to monetize that previously been unexplored yeah just thought it was interesting that his i mean i don't think it's a bad instinct his his first instinct was okay this is going to immediately mean reddit will be worse in the future Mm -hmm. so that's his prediction we'll see if it plays out and then i got one more thing and then something justin wanted me to talk about but i had a question because of something you said on the podcast last week you said i don't know if it was for patreon or regular that after doing psychedelics you feel like the universe has your back right that's fair my question is, is that unique to you or do you think the universe has everyone's back? Do I think that it has everyone's back? I don't know. Okay. Is, so so you, I had, you have a strong sense that the universe will take care of you, right? You cannot I, make bad decisions. Everything will work out. Well, it's, it's a, little, a little bit more nuanced, but I think that's, if you wanted to say it shortly, yes. Um, not that I cannot make bad decisions and not that, not that, it's, it's kind of what we talk about with charisma. Everything's going to be okay. Does mm-hmm. that mean everybody's going to like you? No. 
<laughs> no. Does that mean you're not going to fall on your face and break your nose? No, but it's all going to be okay. Yeah. Does that include the fact that even if one were to die horribly, that's okay because they just become part of the universe? Or I it- had two, two things that I got for me. Okay. One is this like, yeah, even if you died horribly, it would be okay. Like, which is like, oh, so you could tell me literally nothing about my life. Like, it's still the same question mark grab bag that it's always been with a different perspective, like, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I also had a sense, which I'm not certain of, that I was like, but you, you picked a good one. Like, you've, you, you picked a good ride this time around. Uh, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be any suffering in it, but I got a sense that, like, man, I, I picked a good one. Okay. So it is you specific in some regard. Yeah. Okay. That was my question because as I walked away from it, I, I was thinking that is a nice thought to have that the universe has your back. That's a great psychedelic takeaway. And then I was thinking it, it, it reminded me a bit of then how do you explain atrocity? Like the same argument against having a benevolent, all-powerful, all-knowing God, which is why does, why does a kid die of AIDS at two years old? So I'll give you the, if I had to, which is... Well, it sounds like what you're saying is like, everyone's going to be okay because no matter what you return to universal consciousness, yes. but also and, I, and also <laughs> I specifically Charlie Hooper. Yeah. It, like if all of our souls picked ahead of time, what level what of difficulty we were going to play yeah, on. Yeah, I picked, a good I one. picked easy. Yeah. So, so you have a, a very unique to you sense that it's all going to be okay. Correct. That doesn't have to describe the extreme why horrible things Correct. happen to other Correct. people. Got it. Okay. I was just curious. Mm-hmm. So it's, yes. it's very you specific. It's both. It's it's a sense that wow, it's all okay. Everything is okay. Even the suffering is right. okay, even though it's difficult. But and you don't fear suffering because you think you've got a easy. You the universe is gonna like slot you into a less suffering roller coaster. Not that, that it's gonna be less suffering, but that there will be learnings in it that I wanted. Like I, I had a sense on psychedelics of, and I think this is a semi common experience of having chosen my experience ahead of time in mm-hmm. some some way. And also like a little of like, you picked a good one. Now that doesn't mean that there's not going to be uh, immense suffering, but it's almost like when the sun sets on my life and I look at the sunset on my last day, I'm going to go, damn, what a ride. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's the feeling. And not that like horrible shit might not happen in between, but it's going to come together by the end was, was the sense that I had. And when you, so I'm just curious about your personal theology. When you say that, there's universal consciousness and then it splits off into being an individual. That is for the, just the experience, right? That's not, you're not t- supposed to learn lessons and bring them back to universal consciousness, right? You're just meant to I don't know. go have the experience of living as Charlie Hooper because it's to be infinite universal consciousness, just get some spice, go be Charlie Hooper for a little bit. I don't know. I actually don't like, I, people have theologies that, uh, that my experience fits nicely into. Mm-hmm. But if I'm speaking about just my experience, it's, it doesn't have an ideology or a universal explanation to it. Like it was just the, the limits of what I experienced firsthand are not as broad as, oh, it's all source, it's all universal consciousness. It was just like, no, it's all okay. Everything is okay. It's all perfect. And you... Picked a good one. You picked this ride ahead of time. You opted. You existed prior to Charlie Hooper. Some selected a ride that is the life of Charlie Hooper, mm-hmm. and are under the impression that what you picked is a largely fun ride. I would not say fun. I would say beautiful 
is perhaps the word, okay. which, which, which does not exclude suffering and tragedy. Um, but I have a sense that I could be wrong, that I am not going to die with like, why have you forsaken me on my lips? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that I will die going, I get it. Like that, that's kind of the sense. And, and, and I think totally reasonable to expect that there's going to be periods of like, you have forsaken me. Like how, why, how, like how the, how could you have done this to me? How could you have taken the person that I love? How, like this is meaningless, empty. And through that journey, it will make sense by the end. Okay. <clears throat> That was all. So it is. It is not necessarily to say that every person on the planet, the That's universe, has one. their back <laughs> in the same way. No, the yes, universe has correct. everyone's back to a varying degree. To a degree that felt willful, almost. You know what I mean? Um, for me, and I don't know if I, if by anybody else, or I'll come be everybody else, or I'll become be every object. That those are beliefs that other people have. Is you know you will just continue to exist as every possible existence infinitely till the end of time, and you'll do it all. I don't, that wasn't my experience, but it's, my experience could be explained with that worldview. I just feel more comfortable in this go around, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the, I think, so we don't have to dive into, but the counter, the, the question I think people would have is why, why then do some people have such tough goes of it if they had to select ahead of time? Well, I think. I think in that space of, I mean, I can only say, like, I play uh, Romance, what is it, not Romance of the Three Kingdoms. I play Total War Three Kingdoms. I also play Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Uh, and eventually you pick Hard Mode Legendary <laughs> after you beat it on easy uh, because you realize it, it's temporary and finite in a way that you are not, and you pick crazy shit just for the experience of it. So I don't know if video games are a fair analogy. Yeah, but when I think when, when you're the infinite selecting finite experiences you might choose some weird shit mm -hmm. you know um literally anything imaginable yeah 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 i don't <laughs> think that's impossible i think it's probably dissatisfying to certain people that are going through yeah tough times oh it's so not meant it's not meant to make anybody feel better right and well this no, is, no i think being told that they picked it ahead of time might piss some people off but uh, yeah that's and I, not a counter I, well i actually don't think that they did i just know that i felt like i did I don't have a, a worldview mm. that, that I think is true. But I, I just have the experiences that I had. Well, given that it's all simulation, which is my which theology, is, which is maybe not, you picked your life, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was, I'll be <laughs> this guy who has no suffering. And then the AI was like, okay, well, I'll think I'm conscious, but my life will be really hard because I didn't get to pick it because I'm AI. Because <laughs> I'm supporting cast. <laughs> so uh, I didn't get to opt into this. I was created. I think I'm conscious. Yeah. This sucks, yeah. <laughs> which is also possible. Yeah, and I definitely didn't walk away being like, oh, this is good news for other people. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't be like, oh, you should tell everyone. It's going to make them feel good. Like, that definitely was not was not in there. It was just my... Uh, you, would, you would ask, like, something that... There's a JFK line. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I think there's suffering, and then there's the fear of suffering. Mm -hmm. And what I would say I got a sense of is you can relax on the fear suffering may or may not come but like the terror about it does is no longer as necessary um so yeah there still might be like a tremendous amount of suffering for all that sure. i know no no i was just thinking because you said the universe has my back and i think a lot of people don't feel that way mm -hmm. but your takeaway is maybe it has your back to a lesser degree <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh, that's oh, well that's uh, fine yes and and here's the thing it's all perfect it's all this but like 
That's up here, or, or even you could say down here and whatever the thing is. Like, everything is perfect as it is, war, rape, disease, famine. Like, it's all perfect and beautiful. Okay, but that's deeply unsatisfying to those who are experiencing those horrible things. Yeah, 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 because it doesn't right? feel it. It doesn't feel perfect, right? So then there's the level of, like, what is pleasing to me as a human? And I was like, oh, I got a pretty good one on that level as well. Got so it. I'm cool down here. We're all cool down here. It's all perfect down here. But I also got it. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah, I was just curious. You said it and I walked away and I was thinking about it. Yes. So I just wanted to ask you about I'm it. Mostly cool. But I could be wrong, you know? I don't know. That's just this that was just the experience that I had, which many people would assume was just a figment of my imagination and you know, like a mirage in the desert. Not corresponding to anything true. Just an idea. Yeah. So, yeah. Who knows? There is one thing that I wanted to say, which is we, we didn't have the link last week, the appropriate. We still had a link. But uh, for our DM, if you guys want to do Dungeons & Dragons, we talked about him. He's fantastic. We put a link to his like public profile, but he actually has, in addition, a private Google form that you could fill out. If you'd like to play Dungeons & Dragons, he's fantastic. Games are $250, split between the number of players, three to six. You can say how many people you want to play. I've had a fucking blast with him. We've all played before, and he's got availability. So if you want to check him out, nothing in it for us, but wanted to shout him out because he's got openings, and I think you guys might like it. Uh, throw your information in the link in the description, and he'll reach out to you. Cool? All right. I got one. Um, so I know that you both used to be pol uh, polygamous, but now are no longer are. As somebody that's currently struggling with the question around this topic, I was wondering if you could touch on why you changed your personal views on polyamory for you and what your reasoning was behind your current stance. Well, I don't... I'll, I'll, here were my views I'll, I'll, growing up. Unquestioning monogamy is the only way to do things for mm -hmm. the first 24 years of my life. And then everything in my life was like, do I have to have this job? Do I have to do this? Can, do I need to live in America? And it was like all the old rules can be tossed out because they make no sense and were invented by dumb, boring yeah, old dumb. people. All right? And so I was like, I can do whatever, you know? And, and it was f fucking awesome. Like, I, I moved abroad, dated multiple people, like, did everything as differently as I, as I thought I could. Walked on my hands. Uh, walked on my hands down the street because why not? <laughs> Wore my underwear over my hands. <laughs> I did it all, baby. I did it all. Um, and then what I experienced was, one, well, th this is the thing. Monogamy is oftentimes easy in those initial phases mm -hmm. and then can over time sometimes get more and more difficult. Polygamy was difficult in the initial phases in the sense that you're having hard conversations with people right away. Mm -hmm. Like there's no honeymoon phase of, I hear so great. There's, well, there is a honeymoon phase, but it's it's got this extra layer of, you know, and I'm not hopelessly and solely committed to this relationship i'm pursuing other relationships or the as well. person you're dating does feel that way and you don't feel that yeah. way and you, or you prevent yourself from feeling that way and now you have conflict yes um but it was still a really cool thing to go through because i was experiencing like you know lots of people have these fantastic first six months and mine were a little bit harder and then they were having you know tougher back ends um so that that was interesting and i see saw some of the difficulty the difficulty of dating multiple people is one if it's open on both ends most people get very jealous. Mm -hmm. And I put a tremendous amount of effort into undoing that in myself, a lot of time, money, effort, and made little to no progress. I've made more progress in everything in my life than I did in being less jealous in, in, in those sorts of situations. And so that was tough. 
And then there is also, even if like, and then I had relationships where I was, look, here's the deal. I get super jealous. I don't want to do this. This is going to be a, an asymmetrical relationship if you want it, but no pressure. But this yeah. is all that I'm available for. One side for. will be open and not the other. Which, yeah. So I, I'm going to be dating other people. You can see other people as well. But if you wanted to have a more committed relationship with me, I'm open to that. But that would mean that you wouldn't see other people and I would. And those were, a lot of people don't like hearing that, but it was like very adult conversations where I stated what was available yeah. from me. And there was also like, you can opt in, out, in like at any point in time, there's no, there's no handcuffs. And that worked for certain people who were like, actually, I have zero interest in dating other yeah. people. And they, it's and not hard for me. You, you talk about like, they're hard in the short term. I had a three-year open relationship that was open on both sides. I had a two-year one that was casual, but it was open on just my side. Like mm -hmm. it isn't to say you can't have a longer term relationship that's not monogamous. And there are marriages, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, and families that have been together for decades and decades who yeah. are not monogamous. So it's uh, uh, people not are to built, say that Also, people won't. are built differently in terms of like what hits their jealousy button. Like mm -hmm. some people, this is one of the big findings is that jealousy seems to be kind of like sexual orientation and that some people are just not having a problem. Some people really do. And it doesn't move much mm -hmm. in my experience. Uh, so yeah, then had those experiences. And then even if my jealousy isn't being triggered, what happened in the most recent cases, super fine. The woman I was dating really cool with it for probably the first six, seven, eight, nine, ten months. Uh, and then less okay, which was brilliant strategy on her part, <laughs> <laughs> which was, uh, you know, cause I was like, holy crap, this is working very well and then it became a little less okay then a little less okay a little less okay and now i'm in a relationship with someone i love and care about but the behavior that we had both agreed would be acceptable is now very upsetting to her so i've got a couple of options at this point i could break up start fresh start new i could stop doing this uh or we could just have conflict yeah. which is what i opted to do for a while <laughs> <laughs> so we just had conflict and it was uh honest forthcoming like clear which I think was was very healthy, but ultimately like draining and difficult. Um, and then it came to a point, okay, does this end? Does this continue? We ended it and then we continued it, <laughs> which is how I often do things. Um, and so I'm not ideologically really married to one way or the other at this point. I don't think one is better. I do have a much richer understanding of the pros and cons mm -hmm. and the difficulties that come with either. So I haven't, changed my stance on it actually i have uh selected for certain difficulties and opted out of other difficulties is what i would say that i've done but that could that change at another point in my life 100 percent. i could just be like oh, i can this difficulty i can take this difficulty i can't take but i haven't had any like revolutions necessarily on the value of commitment or some anything like that yep yeah for me i Similarly, get jealous. I don't like when someone that I'm dating and care about is hooking up with other people. So I stopped after my three-year where we were both open. I was like, okay, I'm not going to really do that again. I'll have casual relationships or I'll have relationships where that person in, an, in a part of me being more committed to them emotionally and romantically and us being boyfriend-girlfriend will be that they will stop seeing other people. What I never found in the time that I was just hanging out, being casual, being single, or doing those types of relationships with someone who was really hyped about the idea of a one-sided open relationship. So part of the decision for me to go though, monogamous... Though we should say that they are out there. 
Like, sure. I'd, well, I'm just saying I never found anyone. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean they don't exist. I was just never was with someone. It's like, I love when you go out and fuck other people. Mm-hmm. That gets me going. I, I heard, wish <laughs> you would do it more. There's somebody at the gym who I overheard talking about their boyfriend. Like, do you know what a cuckold is? <laughs> he like wants me to. And they were like talking about it. I think it's actually more common if, if, if like search terminology on porn websites is anything to trust, that it's actually more common in men that they want their significant other to do it than it is with women. But I don't know if that's 100%. I'm sure it's out there. I never encountered it. No yeah. one I was dating was like, you know what I wish you would do more of? <laughs> Sleeping with other women. I don't even want to be there. I just want to know you're doing it. Yeah. That never happened. That can yeah. happen. Yeah. But I never ran into that. And so I met someone I really liked. Pheromones and chemistry were strong. And I was just like, I see where this will go if we do open. I feel like I have enough experience to know we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be together. We'll fight. It'll be a friction. It'll inevitably break it up. And I said, I don't want to go that route this time. And, uh, it wasn't like a, I didn't write out a list. I just wanted to date this person. And I didn't think it was going to work openly based on my experience in the past. So I figured I would try monogamy. And if it made me miserable, then I would stop. Mm-hmm. What is there a, a underlying question other than what is our experience with it? I, that I forgot. No, I think, so this person wanted to kind of, or they were struggling to to make sense of it for their own life. So I think they just wanted to hear. Try different stuff is what I would suggest. If you're not, if you're like monogamy's tough and I like the idea of open, go try open. If you say I've tried open and it's hard, I like sleeping with other people, but I don't like when my partner does, try a one-sided open relationship. Like do whatever. Be, if you want to try it, and you want to try dating yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and, an, and you know, if you want to do two guys and one girl in a, <laughs> A thruple? Try, yeah, a thruple, <laughs> like a trinogamous, whatever it would be. Do that. Like, I think just if you're unclear on what's best for you, go try what calls you yeah, and, for years and, <laughs> and, and experiment a lot. And talk about it beforehand, you know? Talk about it often so that so that people can be adults and decide what they want to, what kind of relationships they want to have. Yeah, that was one thing, actually, that I, people were always surprised by when I would tell them this, but I would pre-kiss always get out there what I was hoping for. So when I was doing open before kissing someone, I'd say, yeah, you know, what is it you're looking for? They'd say what they're looking for. What about you? So yeah, yeah, I don't date anyone exclusively. So when I'm looking for something that's open or if not, then, you know, probably just casual until I do find someone that's open. And I thought before having those conversations that that would obviously make women run for the hills. And when I told people that they're like, oh yeah, and then obviously women run for the hills. And I was that was not the case. Just a lot of times you get it out there before expectations are set, before you've kissed, before you've slept together. And the person, you just kind of see them rebucket you in their head. As what is the potential with this person? And it's like, do I want what is available with them? Some people went, that's not for me. And I don't think we should have a second date. Some people said that's not for me long-term, but we should just sleep together until Mm-hmm. I find someone else. I'm going to keep going on dating apps looking for a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And some people said that's for me mm-hmm. or they said that's not for me. And then we hook up casually for three months. And they say, I think that is for me. I want to try it because mm-hmm. I want to have more of a emotional closeness. It is that, that honesty. I wouldn't, it doesn't have to be the first sentence you say on a date, but it's getting it out there early before they've started to fantasize about what your relationship will be like. Actually incredibly helpful in my experience. Cool. Is that it? Nice. We're going to hop over to Patreon. What are we talking about? Uh, we're going to talk about mastering stretching, the 11th man theory, and then how to achieve your 2022 goals. All right. Very cool. So if you guys want to hop over to Patreon, keep us going. Keep money in Justin's pocket, food on his table, heat <laughs> in the cold winter. 
He appreciates it, and we appreciate you. And Electricity got- <laughs> going to his computer so he can keep playing League of Legends. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be over there with basically answering these questions, ripping as much as we as we can. So hope to see you guys there. Either way, we appreciate you. Take care. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.